0: Everybody, right, and welcome back to another Secret Origins podcast, this one being on Alfred Pennyworth. thought it was a cool idea to throw this one out there because of the Pennyworth book that came out this week, A Little Synergy. And if you haven't listened to one of these Secret Origins podcasts, they are going through first appearances or origins of characters, heroes, villains, whatnot, again, or butlers like we'll have here. With the Alfred Pennyworth one Now again I've mentioned it a lot These are pulled from our Patreon account This is something that we used to do I haven't done this exact podcast in a while But it's a very good idea Gives people an idea of what the sort of things that we do over on the Patreon While me and Eric go through the current books On our main podcast here on this feed Over at the Patreon We do a lot of older stuff We have a character of the month podcast A book of the month podcast And things that are even Marvel, manga, TV, movies A lot of things So if you like what you hear You can go over to the Patreon And get a lot of things like this Over at patreon.com slash weird science Now with that said Again, most of if not all of these so far That I've had up have been from the patreon i think that what i'm gonna do for the time being is starting next week i'm gonna start doing new shows i'm gonna start doing original ones here on this feed now i could be a jerk and some people would say pretty low and i could say hey everybody i'm gonna start this secret origins podcast again over at the patreon but you'll have to go to get that there no i people have given me some pretty good feedback Of having this Especially with our main podcast Getting longer and longer They like to have this kind of thing During the week To just listen to something about a character Get a secret origin So I'm going to start again next week I'm going to start doing new shows And I'm going to start with Heatwave Who has tied into the Flash book And the Suicide Squad book And the Swamp Thing book All of that So I thought that it would be pretty cool To kick off uh, an original deal next week With the heat wave first appearance, so that will be there, and it'll probably come out Thursday or Friday, you know, whichever deal you know, and we'll we'll get stuff settled down and and whatnot, but I think it's a cool deal and and really, the idea a lot of people have given me some positive feedback, and that's all I need to just kick off into another thing, right, so we'll start with that, but again, this episode, Alfred pennyworth's first appearance, that will be something that I had done. Before, and I'll be back at the end Kind of say goodbye, give you the links again All the links will be in the show notes, whatnot But, just wanted to let everybody know That this will be a regular show Each week, so that if you do like it And you do want to, you know, check it out That's awesome, again, if you do like it It'd be great if you support us over at the Patreon Patreon.com slash weirdsigns But, you know, that's what it is And if you can, can't, whatever So we'll just leave it at that And we'll go off now to talk about The first appearance of one Alfred Pennyworth, who first appeared in Batman number 16. Hello and welcome to the DC Secret Origins podcast, this episode featuring Alfred Pennyworth. Alfred, most commonly, but not originally named in full as Alfred Thaddeus. Crane Pennyworth is a fictional character appearing in American comic books, published by DC Comics, most commonly in association with the superhero Batman. Pennyworth is depicted as Bruce Wayne's loyal and tireless butler, housekeeper, legal guardian, best friend, aide, and surrogate father following the murders of Thomas and Martha Wayne. The character first appeared in Batman number 16 is what I'll be talking about today, and that was in April of 1943 by writer Don Cameron and artist Bob Kane, though... Evidence suggests that the character wasn't created by them. They say that the character was probably created in 1943 for the Batman serial by Victor McLeod, Leslie Swabacker, and Harry Frazier, and that DC Comics asked Don Cameron to write the first Alfred story, which was published prior to the serial's release. In Alfred's first appearance, he is overweight and clean shaven. However, when the 1943 Batman serial was released, William Austin, the actor who played Alfred, was trim and sport of a thin mustache. So DC writers and editors, they needed Alfred to resemble his cinematic counterpart. Now, they could have just made it happen. Could have just had him look different. It's happened a lot in comics still to this day. Uh, Back in the day happened even more, but they kinda wanted to keep a continuity, it seems so. In Detective Comics number eighty three, Alfred vacationed at a health resort. Batman sent him to Fat Camp, where he slimmed down ...and grew a mustache. He stopped eating and stopped shaving as well. Alfred was originally conceived conceived as a comedic foil for Batman and Robin. In most early tales, he made bungling attempts to be a detective on par with the Young Masters. He was given a four-page feature of his own, and the feature lasted 13 issues. It actually skipped Batman 35, with the last story being Batman 36. And these little stories follow a simple formula... With Alfred solving a crime and catching the culprits entirely by accident, in later years, the comedic aspects of the character were downplayed. And I'm going to be talking about that first appearance, Batman number 16 from 1943. It's a issue, or at least a story, because there's more than one story in this Batman 16, including a Joker story in there. But this one's called Here Comes Alfred. Written by Don Cameron, pencils by Bob Kanin, inks by Jerry Robinson. You start off with a splash page showing a rotund Alfred dressed up as Sherlock Holmes. And you end up getting a little synopsis here that mentions violent and violence a lot. Two of uh, two's a perfect fighting team. And three is a crowd in the case of the Batman and the Robin. And what a crowd when the third is the singular gentleman you're about to meet. Landing in the midst of violence after a violent crossing of many oceans, nonchalantly attracting violence wherever he moves, this amazing fellow gives America's ace crime smashers the most violent surprises of their lives. I wish it was dot, 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 violence. And makes them like him for it. You have never before encountered anyone quite like him, but you'll be eager to see him again. And now sit tight for, here comes Alfred. And you do see Alfred crossing The Atlantic to come to America To end up being the butler For Bruce Wayne And with that he's late And two years late he says later Which is crazy to think but You're ending up talking about a steamliner Coming across the Atlantic when you're in the middle Of World War II and the Nazis Are torpedoing things So it is brought up too That two of the ships that Alfred came over in Were torpedoed he ended up in the Indian Ocean At one point he ended up at one point on a life raft and survived these torpedoings But he's finally made it But while he is traveling He's made a, f- a friend And uh, the friend He's trying to Kind of play a game It seems like they're playing A little game of deduction here Alfred who does Seem to think that he is Or really does spell out That he's an amateur detective And a fine one at that uh Thinks that this fellow Gaston Leduc is not exactly who he thinks he is or who he pretends to be. Uh, it's the beginning of Alfred figuring out secret identities because something about this Leduc just, it doesn't rub him the wrong way. It just rubs him the way that the, this guy isn't telling him everything he's trying to figure it out. When they get to customs after they get off the boat, you end up having this Leduc. He's allowed to go right through customs and they don't check anything. They just look at papers and say, all right, you're LeDuc, yep, you can just go through, which makes Alfred even more curious as they are going through his luggage and the customs guy, he's really big on, so you have a book here, huh? You you think you're a reader and it's the book, How to Be a Detective in 10 Easy Lessons? The guy is full of questions like, huh, you think you're a sleuth, huh? And Alfred's like, yeah, I think I'm a fairly good one, actually, and Can I get going here because I want to follow that LeDuc because I'm on a detecting quest right now, if you don't mind. He doesn't say that, but he does think it. And while this is going on, though, you see the bad guys of the issue. They're gangsters. They seem to be ready for somebody who's coming off this boat. In my mind, you think it's this LeDuc. It is not. It's Alfred. And they want Alfred's luggage, known as his valise. And these gangsters uh, are written weird. They end up being very, very wordy, very, uh, I, I wouldn't say poetic with their talk, but this is not gangster talk, especially at a point in my mind where you have already had and continue to have a lot of gangster movies, a lot of things where you get the classic, you know, meh, meh, see, you ain't going to take the coppers, like stuff like that. But instead here you have gangsters that even their first bit, it gets worse. Their first bit though is on guard. If you miss our man, my dagger will not miss your scrawny bodies. That, that's the boss talking to the other guys. And they respond, I am not afraid, man. Well, my eyes are as keen as your knives. And like, really? It'd be like, hey, guys, keep your eyes peeled. And like, hey, yeah, shut up, boss. You know, stuff like that. But they're very wordy. And as they're waiting for what happens to be Alfred, you see that Batman and Robin are in the shadows watching the car with the gangsters watching for Alfred. And they realize that it is Manuel Stiletti, the international crook. What's he up to, Batman? And Batman says, you know what? That's what we're going to find out. That's why we're standing here watching. You just have to wait. This is how these things work. And you end up having Alfred come out. Now, he wants to follow the Duke and even says, all right, I'm here. I'm two years late. Um, I mean, what would be an afternoon after being late for two years? Uh, I'm going to follow this LeDuc. Well, he doesn't get the chance. LeDuc ends up driving away, but we'll see him later. And this is where you end up. The gangsters jump out of the car, guns drawn to go attack Alfred. And again, the gangster dialogue of, it is he. Regard the valise. He shall not escape us. They they jump out to attack. And like gangsters usually do, they have brought a knife and a gun To a knife and a gunfight Because the one guy has the knife It looks like the boss has a knife The other guys have guns They end up going to Alfred and say Give me the police quietly, amigo And perhaps I'll let you live Otherwise you are dead as a dog And Alfred's surprised He end up having the classic comedic deal Where he's looking all around So he's got like the three faces going around And he's like, oh my What is this bally stick-up Such as I've seen in the cinema And before... Batman and Robin can jump too. Before they can come and save Alfred, which they do go to do, Alfred ends up getting his valise with a lot of stickers on it, like the classic deal, and ends up knocking the gun out of one of the gangster's hands and then hits the boss right in the face with it, uh, pretty much saving himself. Batman and Robin come. Now, you end up where you have the international crook. You, you figure, all right, it's one of those things that if we really – You know thought deep about it Or you know thought of what might have led to this Or even between books You know kind of making things up in our head Of how this continuity would work You would imagine this would be one of those classics Where uh, Manuel Stiletti They Batman and Robin know he's bad But he never gets his hands dirty enough For them to arrest him So you have to catch him in You know you have to catch him red handed Uh, They do You end up having them attack A poor old English guy who then does fight back, but they they did attack guns, knives. Batman and Robin grab them, and instead of tying them up, maybe, instead of knocking them out, instead of whatever, they end up throwing these gangsters, but throwing them into their car, the car that they jumped out of. In fact, it looks as if Robin may even open the door for the one guy to get him in. Batman, and I just imagine if you had to take this, Stiletti, Right into the passenger side Take this buddy You're driving And then where you have This guy attack Robin Robin ends up kicking him And says nice footwork chum But how do you like mine And kicks him into the back seat Now get out of here They do They just drive away I'm Like really that You ended up Throwing them And <laughs> you could have thrown them On the ground anywhere But in the car They start driving And then Robin's like Let's get a move on And Batman's like No no you know That Bat- Batmobile's parked Down the street If we take our time To go get that They're gonna be gone So eh so yeah they they pretty much gave them the escape because we're not going to deal with them right now. Of course we're going to deal with Alfred where Batman introduces himself. He said you really handled yourself well there chum and he says do you know what they were after? And Alfred's like uh, well they said my valise but really uh, the jokes on them there's nothing in it. I have a book, some clothes, nothing else. And said like thank you uh but Batman I consider myself an amateur criminologist of little experience but much talent. And I'd like to help you. I'd like to give you my assistance. Maybe we can hook up. And Robin, in beginning of shade that he throws out throughout this whole issue, says, "Ha, ha and he's laughing as he says it to Batman. And Batman's even like uh, looking like, well, who's this dude? And Robin's like, well, we have our own methods, you see. And really, you would probably dazzle us way too much. You know, we would be so concerned with your your greatness that we wouldn't really be able to do things. And they, they're snickering together and then batman says well maybe we'll do this though you know you seem like a good chap maybe just call us sometime call us when you want to we'll figure this out you know we'll set up a date and they leave and that's the big joke when they go back to the wayne manor they're sitting there dick grayson and bruce wayne out of the cape and cow just snickering (laughs) batman you didn't even tell him an address you know bruce and uh yeah, he'll never be able to find us. The joke's on him. What an idiot. They really pretty much say he's an idiot. And if the smartest minds in the world can't figure out who Batman and Robin are, how could this dumb English guy do it? I mean, really? Well, then there's a knock on the door. The doorbell actually rings. And they answer. And it's Alfred. And they freak out. Huh? <laughs> and this is the thing. As you have this going on, it is the classic where Bruce is trying to figure out things. He's keeping a level mind. Robin. Dick Grayson, he's losing his mind He's yelling like, but if he Knows this, then he and you, you keep having, Bruce having to tell Shut up, Dick, shut up We don't know what's going on, let's see what he knows And they find out that he does not Know their identity at this point What he does know is that He's the Wayne's butler He's two years late, he ended up getting Ships sh- shot By torpedoes and sunk and, But he's here now, and he explains That on his father's deathbed, his father ended up making him promise to go into the family. Tradition of being a butler, that meant going to the Waynes. And it is different than what we've seen uh, later on. But some of the things pretty much do stay intact. But the idea of Alfred showing up, I would say that this Bruce Wayne's 30, 35 at this point, he seems a little older. I don't know um, that he did not come and take over when Thomas and Martha Wayne died. He ended up coming out later. It real extended because of those two years or so. And so he just shows up right with Batman and Robin. And he even says, oh, I, I ran into the Batman on the way. I had such a time. And that Batman, he seems like a real cool dude. And you end up with uh, Robin. Uh, well, Dick Grayson and, and Bruce like laughing like, yeah, I know they are cool. But they don't need a butler. They don't want a butler. You end up having Bruce trying to be nice and saying, yeah, you know, I kind of got along without a butler. There's no real need for one. I can do things on my own. You just have Robin. "Eh, Yeah, that'd be awkward because, you know, all the stuff we do. Shut up, dick. And you end up with Alfred saying, well, I I promised my dad I really have to do that. and Really, uh, just give me a chance. Give me a chance. I think things will work out. Bruce says, okay, well, listen, let's just kind of go to bed. And later tomorrow, we'll discuss this again as Alfred goes off to bed. You pretty much have Bruce tell Dick, it happened and we're going to kick him to the curb tomorrow. Let's, let's at least give the guy a nice rest a nice night's sleep before we tell him to hit the road. Uh, while this is going on, though, when most should be asleep in the house, you end up those gangsters. Those gangsters are back and they're ready to attack, they need the valise. And again, you continue this classic, classic gangster dialogue where the boss says, this is unthinkable that we should fail. If we do not get the valise tonight, millions of dollars will slip through our fingers. Where his goon responds, rather would I rot in prison than have that happen to thee? Uh, uh, what, ga- <laughs> what gangster is this? Is a William Shakespeare gangster? It's crazy. But as they end up breaking through a window, You end up having an alarm, and you see how the Wayne Manor is set up. The alarms end up shining light. If somebody ends up going through a door, and there's many of these lights, so it's like what light shines and then shines on Bruce, which wakes him up. Yeah, okay, that's the third light from the left. All right, that's the east wing, and that's what happens. He goes off. Dick Grayson gets woken up as well. He has a burglar alarm as well and says, oh, I was wondering if you saw that. Yes, I did. And I'll get your uniform on. Stop your yabbering. And he ends up getting it. And then they're trying to figure out—you got to figure out as this goes on—why a Batman and Robin would show up here at Wayne Manor because Alfred's there. These are things now they have to worry about. Well, Alfred—he couldn't sleep. So what he is doing in an odd deal—he's going through a stack of newspapers, and these newspapers are being used to show two things: one, that a Bruce Wayne bachelor. Does not have time for the news. He even says, Mr. Wayne is a nice person, but a typical bachelor. Look at these newspapers, weeks old and not yet taken out. Huh. And so it's just a stack of these newspapers. But on the top, you know, very conveniently, and going with this idea of how Alfred kind of stumbles upon things, he sees a picture. He sees a picture of LeDuc. It's not LeDuc, though. It's actually the Duke of Dorian. A premier of his nation who had to leave his country, Dorian, to get away from the Nazis. So this is where he says, aha, I've solved the mystery. Leduc is actually a duke. Ah, that that clever scamp. But while this is going on, he's interrupted with the gangsters who come in with their classic dialogue and say, you are going to die right now. You thought you could escape and there's no Batman and Robin are going to save you now now this begins where you see that Alfred is a good butler because he thinks to himself I can't really make a lot of noise if I do I'm gonna wake up Bruce and Dick so I guess I'll just have to fight them quietly well as this is going on he's not fighting back is really what the deal is because he doesn't want to wake Bruce and Dick and in the meantime he doesn't think he has anything in his valise anyway, and they grab it. Uh, At last, the treasure is ours. And you're like, Oh man, I don't know what you think's going on here. It's just a valise. They start ripping it apart. They, they're not really going through it. They're ripping things off it, tags, stickers. And he's like, Oh my, well, why would you destroy my poor valise? Shut up. And you end up where you end up having Manuel Stiletti say, Hey, Pablo, this guy annoys me. Kill him as he, shoots, as he goes to shoot Alfred. Batman busts in the room and says, you rotten murders. You didn't think I could follow you. Here we are. It's time to fight. And uh, you again, Batman, they start fighting. And one of the best is you're getting a lot of trash talk in this. And I love the action scene, fight scene trash talk, classic Batman with, I'll bet you get a kick out of this and kicks the guy, right? It, it, It appears to kick him in the armpit, which thinking of it, probably would hurt. Well, you have Manuel Stiletti, you know, Stiletti. He is a knives expert, it seems. That's why he had the knife earlier. And he says, I never miss. I'm going to kill you, Batman, with my knife. Throws the knife out of nowhere. Robin leaps in and deflects the knife with a, a, a mirror, uh, a handheld mirror. And then says, huh, yeah, I thought you had bad luck before, but look at this. And hits him over the head with the mirror and breaks it more. Where the gangster, Manuel, says, I am assassinated. I don't know what's going on uh. But yeah, then they all jump out the window I mean, crashing through the window They run, they crash out the window But the guy that ended up at first Who was going to kill Alfred That Batman came and punched him He actually got knocked out He passed out So he's laying on the ground Batman and Robin are going to go chase Manuel And actually, I think it was Pablo So Manuel and the other guy and then they say to Alfred, hey, oh, pleased to meet you again, sir. Uh Could you tie that gangster up for us while well, we go chase the others? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. But, you know, I probably should go check on on Master Bruce and Master Dick to see if they woke up in this commotion. And he leaves the gangster there, goes off and now discovers, wait a second, there's no Dick Grayson or Bruce Wayne. In their room, I wonder if there, and as this goes on, this gangster wakes up. He must pick up the knife that was on the floor that got deflected because he comes running out with it and he's going to attack Alfred. Alfred ends up trying to fight back. They're in the middle of a hallway and they kind of both kind of push each other. Alfred hits the guy, punches him, who then falls back. And there's one of those classic shields on the, on the wall, an actual shield with two giant axes on top of it crossed, you know, kind of fancy decoration for fancy wains. The guy ends up hitting the wall. The shield ends up coming and bonking him over the head that knocks him out, but also triggers a secret switch that opens up a stairwell that Alfred goes down and figures out this is Batman's laboratory. It's not the Batcave yet. It's just the laboratory, which does crack me up. And me and Eric were talking about it the, uh, I think this week or last week, but the idea I loved early Batman and Robin where they would go down to the laboratory. And it seemed like everything could be solved with a chemistry set. So they're like, "Huh? Uh, here's a riddler for a riddler riddle. It says this, this, and this. All right, let's mix these chemicals. Let's do that. Poof! I got it. C. C means C legs. Here we go. I, I just, I really do like that. Alfred sees this laboratory. He's like, "Huh? Somewhere else here? Oh my! It, it looks like the Bat plane. I think I've discovered the identity of." Batman and Robin is actually Bruce and Dick So that's where you end up with Alfred Very happy with himself That he's a great detective For the most part he stumbled on this by accident You end up where Batman and Robin follow The gangsters though And they go to a abandoned theater Where you end up more trash talk With like oh man You know Batman This theater looks like it's spooky Like it hasn't been used for years and then Batman says to Robin, Robin, are you an idiot? Even Alfred would have been able to see this. There's there's footprints in the dust, you stupid. There's people here. We better watch out. Meantime, the gangster's in the balcony, and they end up throwing weighted ropes that tie around Batman and Robin. And then they lift them up into the air. And in a classic move, a trope, if you will, they say, we're not going to kill him now because you know. We need to get everybody else we're going to kill so we can have them all together and kill them all at once because that's how we do things. And really, maybe we can save some bullets. Uh, So they leave Batman and Robin hanging there. They do, uh, you know, gag them and rope them up a little more. But as they go off to what they say now, since we got the valise, we figured out the clues, and now we can go to this residence and find the treasures. And you have, like, what is he talking about? It does... Seem as if out of nowhere and not really explain much is that Alfred's suitcase actually had clues as to where the Duke of Dorian was going to stay when he came to America and he ends up having the country's, you know, the crown jewels that he's gonna use, uh, you know, and, and protect from the Nazis, keep them so that his country will end up still having their riches. Uh, so they go off to do this. Again, not really explained great, but they're off. Alfred's watching. And it's even funny where the, the gangsters are bad mouthing Alfred because the guy who Alfred knocked out, that Batman knocked out, that ended up you know, allowing him to go into the laboratory, though, luckily, he must have closed the door because when this guy woke up, he just ran back to the hideout at the theater. He comes like, eh, here I am. I- I'm back. And this is great. And that stupid pig headed butler, that guy was a jerk. And they're like, I know Alfred's listening. But again, here's gangster dialogue. It, it, they're saying and you have them saying to this guy who's showing up, we thought the police would have you by now. And we were heartbroken because you would miss your share of the swag. And he responds, you mean you're heartbroken because I'm here to claim it? It was a simple matter to escape from that pig headed butler. Like this guy does not know gangsters. And Alfred's waiting in the wings in the shadows in the alley. Pig headed indeed. Huh. Let's see if Batman and Robin are inside that theater. And he goes and he doesn't see them. They are above him. They are in the rafters hanging from the roof. They're all tied up. But here's where Alfred goes back. To the good old days. Him and an, he can't, can't, he can't help himself. He's an old actor and now he's in a the theater cell. So, why don't I run some lines from that crazy, crazy play, that lowbrow play I was in one time about the butler who ended up having to uh, deal with a haunted house. And he starts with the ark What's that noise? Can it be the other spirit come to haunt me? And while this is going on, you have Batman and Robin. Thinking to themselves, "What is this stupid idiot doing?" Please look up, look our way. We're here. Save us! Don't go through these things. And it, Alfred just continues, "Oh, I'm fair fed up with the ghosts, so I am. A, I shall tune in my notice." And they're like, "Oh God!" So at this point, Batman starts to sway them back and forth, trying to get something to knock over, make some noise, so that you know, running lines, Alfred will hear. He does keep continuing. And then at the point thinks that the noise might actually be a ghost and gets scared, but then realizes, but he's like, "Oi, oi, you bloom inspector, keep your ghostly fingers off me. And then that's where Batman hits a rope that ends up knocking a sandbag deal. It comes down. The rope hits Alfred, it knocks off his hat. And he's like, Oh my, <laughs> there must be some haunted things going on. It's a good, good ghost and looks up. Oh no, it's Batman around them. They're in distress. I better get them down. Well, while this is going on, you have the gangsters go off to the Duke of Dorian, the Duke. Uh, he's in his bed. He, he's relaxing. The gangsters come in and say, Hey there, we figured out what was going on. Give us your jewels. We're heading out. He yells, No, please. Those are the crown jewels. I bet I brought them here to establish credit for my government in exile. Please. This will ruin a whole country. You jerks. They don't, they're just like, you know, knock him out, get him in the car. They're bringing him back to the theater so they can kill him as well. And now they're going to kill Batman, Robin, LeDuc, even an Alfred. If it it came to be, they're tying them up and then they're going to set the theater on fire saying pretty much nobody will ever know that anybody died in here. Just they'll be dead. Nobody, no fuss, no muss. We're rich. So they're going to do that. They bring in LeDuc and this is where Batman and Robin are pretending to still be, you know, taken care of. They're still hanging up there, but. They just end up swinging down then, and the fight's on, as it always is. You end up having Alfred do things like the curtain comes down on the one gangster, which seems to knock him out for a minute. You end up having Batman punching Manuel Stiletti with some trash-talking theater talk. I mean, all this stuff is... Kind of all trash talk based on the theater puns, if you will. Uh, it's pretty good. You know, the one guy gets knocked out and Alfred's there. Oh, my, a fitting finale for a bad actor. Well, you know, and then you end up Batman punching Manuel. Here's an all-star act to finish the bill. Boom! Punches him. Well, they go off then and find these jewels with him. Like, where do these come from? I mean, there's a lot of jewels here. And that's where du- the Duke of Dorian stands up. Oh, where am I? Where am I? Oh, and Alfred says, oh, I see you're Le Duke, the chap I met on the boat, but now I realize you are the Duke of Dorian. These are the crown jewels and you are in exile. And he, he knows the whole deal. Again, kind of being figured out by luck, but he's going with it. And you end up, Oh my God. Le Duke's like, my friend, my friend, you saved me. My life's country's, uh, you know, the treasures. Oh my goodness. You're the greatest. You said you were an amateur detective and you are, you are great. Well, you end up having. Then part ways again so alfred must say you know hey i'm going back to the manor he's, he's not told bruce and dick that he knows their secret yet and so you say the following evening so days have gone he hasn't said anything you have bruce and dick reading the paper and they talk about how when the police showed up for the gangsters they had told the police it was all this guy this alfred's guy it's almost like you know batman's throwing him a solid; he's giving him an assist so that you know hey there buddy you can go and you be the hero for once. You know, really, we're just Batman and Robin. We just save Gotham and pretty much the, the world every day. I mean, we'll give you the swan. And so Alfred's proud of himself. Dick is just laughing about it. He's like, oh, that's so funny because everything he figured out was by accident, right? Oh, man, what a jerk. And so Alfred then comes in, and this is the kicker. This is the twist. And this is why you would end up having... People in my mind wanting the character to continue Because at this point he's a bumbling idiot But he does know their identity That's big but This is where he reveals it to Bruce and Dick Where the bat signal has lit into the sky Alfred has seen this So he's collected both the cape and cowl for Batman and Robin And brings them and says Hey, how you guys doing? I beg your pardon sirs But I have your costumes here Your uniforms And you end up having Bruce well, What do you mean? And then Dick's like, the, those cloaks, what, what does that mean? I don't know what you're talking about. And that's where Alfred then opens up the curtains, the big windows there. He opens up the curtains to, to reveal that in the sky, there is the bat signal. And he says, well, the searchlight went on seconds ago. The police need Batman services. So I figured you guys better get going. Uh, Dick's like, signal, what's that? I, I don't, I don't know what that is. Any concern of ours, right? Bruce? And that's where Alfred says, please, I, my deductive abilities, have known that you are both Batman and Robin for days now. I just didn't mention it because, you know, I'm pretty cool. And you end up having Dick kind of say to Bruce, and it is one of those things, there might be problems here. Like Dick says, something tells me I was wrong in what I said a minute ago, Bruce, where he was laughing about how stupid... Alfred was and that he'd never Figure out what's going on in the house Uh, But yeah I get the idea that At this moment for Just a smidgen of a second Bruce is is wondering Which room he's going to lock Alfred in and wall it up or Maybe I don't have this Thing about killing maybe I need to Like he might slice his throat or something Or maybe throw him in like harm's Way to see what goes on But no right away you end Up with Alfred because they played it well with the idea that he didn't tell them right away. You know, two days later, one day later, really, he let it go. So I think that that was supposed to be the idea of, look, he's not going to tell anybody because he didn't even tell us right away. He just waited. So you end up Batman saying, you're one of us now, Alfred, pretty much meaning you ain't leaving the mansion. You don't get to retire from this job now. You are in. You're a lifer. Unfortunately, that recently, that that whole contract expired, right, too soon. Uh And he says, the knowledge that you have could just, it, it would be our deaths if you let this out. So, you ain't going nowhere. And Alfred says, I understand perfectly. Uh You can rely on my discretion. And you have Dick Grayson, who's been talking trash the whole time, just says, you know what? I don't think we need to worry. Uh Okay, thanks. Thanks, Dick. And they go off. They go off to fight crime. In the bat plane, so funny that bat plane back in the day with the big Batman. It's like they ended up just having the Batmobile with the big bat, you know, head in the front. And they're like, "Well, what would the bat plane look like?" Well, it looked like a plane with a big bat head on the front. So they end up going off, and you end up having them say, "I do think that Alfred's smarter than he was letting on. I think he might help." And then you go to Alfred saying, "Ha! Huh, I impressed them there." even though everything I figured out was by accident. So the joke's on Batman and Robin, not Alfred. Alfred's there. He's there for good. And then it says at the end, keep an eye out for Alfred. You haven't seen the last of him. And it is funny when you get these where they have no idea. You know, this might have been something that if people hated it, You'd have Alfred just say, I'm going back to England. I'm going back to the theater. I'm going to be an actor and leave, but he's still there. Not now, but he's still there up until Tom King decided to do something about that. So you end up with a pretty fun first issue. I, I got a kick out of it. I like those gangsters. They're the best, the, the most literate and just gangsters I've ever read. And I like it. I, I wish I, I should have read. their dialogue just in the old mugsy voice anyway, just because it's so great. But that's it. That's the Secret Origins on Alfred Pennyworth. I hope you enjoyed it. All right, and that is it. I hope everybody enjoyed listening to that again. If you want to hear a lot of other shows quite like this one, go over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science. And in the meantime, look for this Secret Origins podcast to come up on the feed. every week thursday or friday i'm hoping for thursday but we'll see you'll see it pop up and eventually we'll get that nailed down so with that next week heat wave you end up having his first appearance and i should kind of mention in case people want it to go and read it uh it's from the flash number 140 volume one of the flash number 140 a story where he teams up with Captain cold so that makes sense so Everybody check that out I'll be back next Week to talk about it and I'll talk to you then